Hello everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Tim May, Spencer Holbrook. It is a practice report, rapid reaction, preview, Big Ten Media Day extravaganza. It's sort of a pre of all that. Yeah, the next time you see us, we will be in Indianapolis, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for Big Ten Media Days. Hear from Ryan Day, we'll hear from CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigbud, Ronnie Hickman. And we're just here to break it all down. So we're gonna preview it all with Tim, obviously. Tim, uh, if you have one thing that you're excited to hear, and I'm gonna limit you to one to start the video, what is it that you wanna hear at Big Ten Media Days from on whether Monday, that's, on Tuesday, on Tuesday, I want to hear who Michigan's starting quarterback is. <laughs> well, whether that's from Michigan, whether that's from Kevin Warren, or whether that's from the Buckeyes, what yeah. do you want to hear about? Well, I want to hear uh, obviously from Kevin Warren how much interest there is uh, either way in Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. We already know the old news: UCLA and USC are in are in the fold. Um, you would think there is a big time move by one or the other for Notre Dame to be joining the league, become that uh, 17th member. And then who would that be after that? You know, who would you who would you join? Who would you invite after that, or who would step in after that? So, you want to hear an update from that? I doubt if we'll get one because I'm not sure how much action there really is on that front at the moment. Looks like Notre Dame's trying to renew its contract with NBC, but in a very, 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 very big way. Uh, and then from the Buckeyes, you know, you kind of want sort of a an update health report because you kind of have an idea of who's who's going to be playing this year, who's going to be subbing this year. Uh, you just kind of want a little, little update from uh, Ryan Day as close as we can get it to the opening of camp of who's going to be 100% available, you know, for example, like a Josh Proctor, etc. There's a lot to break down with Kevin Warren, but the fact that he goes the day that Ohio State doesn't talk, I think we'll probably just talk, hash all that out once we get over there. Yeah. But from Ohio State's perspective, what I'm hoping to hear, like you said, Tim, the depth chart, it's kind of interesting because the depth chart is not super wide open. It, the, the offensive line settled. Quarterback is settled. Running back, receivers. The rotation seems to be on the offensive side. You're exactly settled. right. Yeah. Defensively, it looks like you can kind of start to piece together. Even if it's a rotation, who's that, those first few guys on the field on the defensive line are going to be? The linebackers with Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg look like that's kind of solidified. But maybe a, a couple guys could work their way in. The secondary really is the the big question mark as far as who's going to take those first snaps. Even then, though, the rotation seems to be pretty set on who will be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with the that. The depth chart seems settled. So now I just kind of curious, and I guess the one thing I want to hear is like, this is the time where you can ask Ryan Day, you know, who's flashed, and he might actually give you an answer. When he's sitting in there talking, you know, in front of the team, in front of the team room, in front of all the media, he might not answer. But when you can ask him specifics about. You know, give me a cornerback who, who you think has taken a step. Give me a, that defensive lineman you, you feel like has taken that next step. Your offensive line depth, who's the seventh guy? What are you really feeling there? This is where you can get some of those answers in that breakout session. And so, yeah. for me, it's starting to nail down the specifics because everything looks like it's almost settled, but I want to get into those specifics a little more. And I think that's where I really want to hear from Ryan Day and even C.J. Stroud because, you know, obviously as the leader of this team. Yeah. But, you know, like on the defensive side, I'm not sure how much specificity, specificity he's going to get into. For example, in that safety rotation situation, uh, you got to think they're too deep at the cornerbacks coming out of the, coming out of the spring. You, you kind of like the way that looks. But from a safety standpoint, uh, you know, who, you know, like Kai Stokes, really, the last couple of weeks of spring, and then, of course, in the spring game, I mean, he was one of the guys we were talking about. How does he factor into that? possible rotation there because they're going to play more than 
you think more than one guy at each position. Mm -hmm. Maybe not against Notre Dame. It's really funny when you start off with a game like Notre Dame, you're going to be going out there to win it, period. Yep. It's kind of like a mid-season, a Big Ten game. You go with your big-time studs first and then work some guys in if you have that chance. But, uh, you know, like I just said, how what is the health factor, for example, of Josh Proctor is what I'm interested in because I think that really affects the starting lineup and, and that rotation we're talking about. Uh, and then up front, you know, it's really funny because I'm on radio and TV a lot talking about these very same things. And every time I talk about, like, for example, the interior defensive lineman, you know, I'll forget Mike Hall and Ty Hamilton, for example. And yeah, I know Ty those. Ty Hamilton especially, he's a guy. But I know those guys made big-time inroads in the spring and stuff, but there are so many, so many names you want to throw out there to pique people's interest, and then you forget some that you know are going to factor into this thing as the season goes on. And among those, you know, I don't want to get in too specific because I want to get back to media days, but among those, like, Teron Benson, this guy who you know had a great Rose Bowl. Last time we saw him on the field was his best game ever. Yeah, as a but, like, but, so, but there's a guy like we've been, been yeah. mentioning all along, so you know what I mean? You want to see him, but then also there's the other side of that coin where it's Mike Hall and it's Caden Curry and other yeah. guys. Like, how is he Not progressing? Yeah. Those are all questions you can ask Ryan Day, but then we get into the players and, and, and what they're going to say. And you imagine CJ Stroud will be very buttoned up, but also, you know, he's always pretty good in his media sessions ever since he calmed down last year, about mid-year. You're going to get good stuff from Jackson Smith and Jigba just because he's always smiling. He's always got that glowing personality. Yeah. And then Ronnie Hickman's the one that I think I want to hear from the most. And it's not that I think he's going to, you know, come out and tell us exactly what the defense is going to look like against Notre Dame. But a captain of the defense, especially in the secondary, a guy who sees everything in front of him, you can always get a little bit of a vibe of how the, the defense is feeling based on when you talk to those guys. Those guys, I don't yeah. really look at the answers as much as I look at the confidence level, the, the almost like a vibe check with those. So, like, yeah. I'm just interested to see how Ronnie Hickman handles all this because you know he's going to be, as you like to say, champing at the bit to play defense for Jim Knowles. How does he feel about how this, this team has progressed over the summer? That's maybe my going to be my biggest talking point and maybe thing that I'm li listening for the most when I talk to those players. Well, yeah, I'll be interested, like you said, listening to Ronnie Hickman because I thought he was one of those guys who learned pretty quickly last year of say very little <laughs> yeah. uh, of specificity. I'm going to use that word a lot today, I think. But say very little specifically about what's going on, just kind of give you an overview of things. I mean, he... He wouldn't get very much into detail back in the spring about what's going on with those safeties, how they're playing, and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, this is the kind of day, a Big Ten media day, you'd like to have a Denzel Burke, you know, yes. because Denzel Burke's going to say something that's going to – Yeah, he always gonna, does. It's going to make all the websites. So you say all the papers, but now <laughs> all the websites, et cetera, you know. And uh, uh, that that's – he would kind of give you a little bit, maybe a little bit more insight in how they're actually going to play. I mean, uh, but but like you said, Ronnie Hickman is is in that core of guys. This is going to be the four-two-five is going to be a, as people know, a safety safety uh, intrinsic. Is that the word I'm looking for? Driven. Yeah. Jim safety driven. Yeah. Safety yeah. driven defense, uh, and they're going to. Those are Jim Knowles' wild cards. I mean, we've talked about that Leo position a lot and who might emerge there on the defensive line like Jack Sawyer, maybe Caden Curry, maybe a couple other guys. It was going to be Mitchell Melton, you thought, until he got hurt, suffered that uh, basically knee injury. It's probably keeping him out the whole season. But, uh, but, but those safeties are going to be the ones that are going to really be tip-offs on what's going on in that defense. And in Jim Knowles' mind, you want them, those tip-offs coming later, not sooner. And I think moving on a little bit, one of the things 
I will definitely have my ear to the ground on is, Tim, we haven't been to a Big Thing Media Day. I've never been to one in these circumstances. I haven't, we, you haven't been to a Big Thing Media Day in a decade where Ohio State will be the ones being asked oh, about I'm glad you a, ended that rejoinder. Yeah. a rivalry loss. Yeah. Usually it's a, a big spectacle to go ask Jim Harbaugh about the rivalry because he was winless. It's, it's good to ask, you know, last year I, I kind of grilled Aiden Hutchinson a bit about just yeah. not beating Ohio State and, and not focusing on that, that rivalry enough. Now it's the other way around where Ohio State, whether you, you count 2020 or not because the game was canceled, it's been since 2019 since Ohio State beat Michigan. And that's not lost on the people in this building. No, and it's not lost on Michigan either. And they're going to be, <laughs> and I'm telling you, they're going to be asked about it next week in Indianapolis. And well, what was curious was last year, all the, play, the players that Michigan had there, they all had the same tune about it. They were taking a different approach. And uh, they felt a lot better about the way they were going after the Ohio State game. This was back in July of, uh, of 2021, and lo and behold, it worked. it worked. Yeah. And now Ohio State is the one that's having to, uh, you know, remember, re rewind the clock, so to speak, or the countdown clock and, and get after things. And it, just for this one year at least, it has definitely thrown a different specter on the situation. But then you look at what has been sort of a, an interesting mess at Michigan over the offseason of, uh, of coaches leaving and now the trouble they're having recruiting you know, uh, a solid class for that 2023 class, you're starting to wonder, well, what was their payoff? I mean, what was the great payoff they got from finally beating Ohio State and getting the monkey off their back? Uh, I haven't seen one yet. Yeah, and so when they're asked about that, Michigan will probably be asked about what it felt like to win that game. Ohio State, on the other side, will be asked about trying to get back to beat them. And one of the most interesting things, the Rose Bowl was the Rose Bowl, but also it was right around the time of the, the playoff games. So a lot of national media folks went to the playoff games. Spring practice is not really the time and the place to ask about this, but there have been a lot of comments made about Ohio State from Ann Arbor this offseason. Yeah. And there will be folks from the Michigan side of things, the national side of things, and the Ohio State side of things who will want to know what Ohio State's doing with those quotes, what, what's going on in, in Ryan Day's head about them, whether that's the third base comment, whether that's the, the you know, finesse, not toughness comment, whether that's the off-season approach to taking the Michigan game. A lot of focus is going to be on that rivalry game, and it's a renewed focus because, like I said, it's been a decade since Ohio State's had to head to Indianapolis without winning that game. And yeah. so I am just very intrigued by the possibility of Ryan Day and the Buckeyes being asked about that game. I know you are too, Tim. Well, let's let's face it. What's Ronnie Hickman? Ronnie Hickman's a third-year player. Do I have that fourth. right? Fourth. Yeah, fourth-year player. Okay, so he's one and one against Michigan. Uh, the other two guys that are going to be there, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba and C.J. Stroud, have never beaten Michigan. I've never been on a team that beat Michigan because obviously 2020 in 2020 they didn't play. Yep. I mean, it's really how quickly. I keep reminding people how quickly the thing can turn in a in a rivalry if you're not paying attention to your knitting. I think they were paying attention to their knitting. There was there was a there was a problem with this Ohio State team a year ago that only reared its ugly head when they played pretty decent opponents. Yep. And it showed out big time. I think we were guilty to a certain extent of thinking some of the lopsided wins they had in the middle of the year had fixed things. When in fact they had not fixed things from a defensive standpoint. We always had questions about it, but watching a team get shoved around uh, in Michigan Stadium by Michigan, uh, that didn't sit well with the fans, definitely didn't sit well with the players and, and with the coaches. So yeah, there's an emphasis there. It'll be interesting to see 
how much they talk about it or how much anyone really dwells on it. And then obviously, uh, way before you get to November in the, in the horseshoe, you've got September 3rd in the horseshoe against Notre Dame. Yeah. Probably the biggest non-conference game uh, of the season in college football. And Ohio State turned the attention to Notre Dame for the spring game. When they tackled in the spring game, that was with a Notre Dame focus. The summer has had a Notre Dame focus. You have to imagine that media days will even have a Notre Dame focus because uh, we've even heard some whistles around the Woody Hayes today. and. Notre Dame is what's on everybody's mind, and so I'm sure that's going to come up to Ohio State. What do you expect to hear from Ryan Day, from these guys, about the poss- or about the game against Notre Dame here coming up? You mean the Dame instead yeah. of the game? <laughs> I expect him to talk about how talented a team Notre Dame is based on the way it played last year, with the exception maybe of the second half of the bowl game. It is funny when you match the two bowl games, the second halves, how different they were for each team. Talking about Ohio State. <laughs> and Notre Dame. Notre Dame blew a lead. Ohio State came back from almost insurmountable odds and got it done big time. But he's going to talk about the talent they've got, how they've gone head to head for quite a few players that are on Notre Dame's roster, and how now how now how they are definitely going head to head with Notre Dame for certain players mm-hmm. and stuff. How Marcus Freeman, he respects Marcus Freeman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. got James Laurinaitis sitting there as a graduate assistant or some kind of assistant on his staff. Uh, Marcus Freeman does, a former Ohio State Buckeye, All-American, etc. So there's going to be a lot of that, show them a lot of respect, I do believe. Don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. Sort of a Lou Holtz kind of thing. I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, I won't try to do a Lou Holtz uh, impression on here, but we'll save that maybe for September 3rd after the game. But But it is a huge opener. Absolutely. I mean, it's reminiscent of a lot of openers from the past in college football that you know, that I've seen even with Ohio State when they played Alabama in the kickoff classic in 1986. Mm-hmm. And they lost that game 16 to 10, I think was the final score. Then they went out to Washington the, the next, for their next, what was gonna be their season opener and got waxed. And uh, so that opening game can really set the tone. Obviously Ohio State bounced back that year and won nine in a row before getting beat by Michigan in Ohio Stadium 26 to 24, the guarantee game by Jim Harbaugh. My point is though, that opening game, it. It's not just how you're going to feel coming out of it, but how are poll voters going to feel about the way you, you showed in that game? Uh, how are the players going to feel? Are they going to come out of there with a sense of confidence? That's all part and parcel to a huge game like this. So, Tim, if there's one thing, and I'm going to limit you to one, one quickie. If there's one thing you'd like to ask Kevin Warren when you get over there on Tuesday morning. Is there something on your mind that you really would like to just hear from him? Maybe not about realignment, maybe not about, you know, last year was all about COVID and everything like that. This year, obviously, the emphasis will be on realignment. Is there anything specific that that Kevin Warren should be talking about, whether that's NIL, whether that's changes to the transfer portal, whether that's, you know, uh, future moves within the conference, expanding, retracting, anything that you want to hear from him? Yeah, I mean, well, maybe you just touched on it. I mean, how, how can... How can the Big Ten, for example, help rein in what's going on in the transfer portal? Do they have any tricks up their sleeve? Obviously, the NCAA is working on it, but uh, that I said this on the Paul Feinbaum show like three years ago, the transfer portal was going to be the big game changer in, in, in college athletics. But then when you couple it with the NIL stuff, you know, now you've got what you've got. So definitely they've got to get a handle on that just to help control uh, when you've got to be looking for players, yeah. either to fill in a gap or a guy just left or vice versa, you know, uh, 
it's that that, that has definitely got to get uh, get figured out. Guardrails, whatever you want to call it, have got to be established. I think for me, hey, the NIL is not going away because it's law. Oh yeah, exactly. But but I think for me, the big thing with Kevin Warren and what I'd like to see from him is just a different mindset than last year. There was a massive filibuster period last year where he he stood up there and thanked everybody in in the building for being there for 15 minutes. And then I think he took three or four questions, dodged most of them, and got out of there. Yeah. And then when everybody was criticizing him. Well, that's exactly what I expected, though, because, uh, you know, and the thing about it is, here's the bad thing about these situations. I think a lot of people spend way too much time talking about what, what happened yesterday or what happened last year instead of looking forward. Well, and I don't really like that unless like a crime was committed. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and it, but the problem with Kevin Warren is most of us had no chances to speak to him during that tumult of 2020. And that's why, that's why I'm sure he filibustered because he knew that, you know, he didn't answer questions back when everything was going on. And we all wanted some, some specifics on what kind of went down during that time. But didn't really, never really got to that, but that was what it was. But to finish, my thought is last year was all about COVID and it was really a bad performance by Kevin Warren. Now, instead of having a lot of negative attention on him heading into Big Ten Media Days, he's kind of the darling of all of this after going out and responding to the SEC by landing UCLA and USC. How do you react to that? And how, what's your encore performance of your second Big Ten media interview session like? What, what, what kind of demeanor do you have at that podium? Last year, it just didn't seem like he was comfortable up there. I want to hear from him. I want to hear you know, a confident Kevin Warren, somebody who's ready to lead the Big Ten, not somebody who's willing to look back. Because there was some looking back last year, and people kind of made him do that. Now I think he can pivot that message and look forward. Well, that's what I said. I want, so, to know, I want to know how serious they are about Notre Dame, number one. Or is there anything going on with Notre Dame? You know, They tried to get Notre Dame in the Big Ten many years ago. Notre Dame administration agreed to it, and then the alums went crazy, and they didn't join. So is there something going on there? But the other part about it is, you know, how did this USC-UCLA thing happen from the standpoint of everybody's all fired up about the Big Ten showing its strength, but really in reality, didn't USC and UCLA approach the Big Ten the way I understand it, the way it's been reported? Wasn't that really what happened, that uh, it wasn't the other way around? So maybe you'll shed some light on that, you know, and who else is approaching you? Yeah, and so I just want to hear Kevin Warren be a little bit more confident with the answers and with his his delivery of a speech and with the direction of the conference than he was a year yeah. ago. See, I don't, I don't get wrapped up in all that, but I, that's me. And I think he will be. I mean, be Jim a, Delaney is one of the smartest guys who's ever run a conference anywhere, and his speeches, you know, could put you to sleep. I mean, his, his talks could put you to sleep. So, I don't, you know, I'm not really that concerned about what Kevin Warren's going to say because he's not going to give us a scoop anyway. No, but I think I think it's still worth listening. When I'd he rather hear Dewan Jones talk. That's my, that, but that's me. Hey, Dewan, how you doing? So that as we hang out a little bit at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, a few days before Big Ten Media Days, a few weeks before training camp, there's some summer drills going on right now. Some people in the building. Uh, Tim, it's starting to feel like football. And, yeah, it uh, is. I'm excited for all of it to happen. So. We'll hang out with everybody. We'll talk about it at the Letterman Lounge. We'll talk about it on the YouTube channel. We're going to have a lot more coverage coming at Letterman Row, where we cover Ohio State all year round. Stick with us. We'll be in Indianapolis next week. That's Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching.